0: Hello and welcome to the Meantime to Insight podcast brought to you by Enterprise Management Associates and presented by EMA Vice President of Research, Seamus McGillicuddy. The EMA Meantime to Insight podcast explores emerging trends and technologies in the world of network infrastructure and operations. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the second episode of Meantime to Insight, a network operations podcast with your host, me, Seamus McGillicuddy. I'm the vice president of research at Enterprise Management Associates. I'm an industry analyst who specializes in knowing what is going on with enterprise network infrastructure and operations. I survey thousands of those types of people a year. I talk to them constantly about what's going on with their networks. You know, How do they build them? How do they manage them? What causes them pain? what's changing, etc. cetera. And one thing I want to focus in on today is hybrid and remote work. It's no surprise, it's, no, it's not news to any of you that the pandemic changed the way millions of people, maybe billions of people work on a daily basis. Everyone started working from home in 2020, and a lot of them kept doing so. Most of the IT organizations that I talk to and survey Tell me that the number of uh, users who they support uh, from a home office not only exploded during the pandemic. You know those. You know the number of end users who are connecting to IT resources, applications, data from home exploded during the pandemic. But it it, it it's remaining elevated permanently. You've seen lots of high-profile announcements from companies saying, "Okay, return to work, everyone," but. The success of those companies pushing people to return to work are mixed. And actually, when I ask people in my research, you know, why do you allow people to work from home full time or part time? It's not just about making the employees happy. It's also about a productivity boost. And You think about it, you know, yes you're going to attract attract employees by offering them the flexibility of working from home because they can avoid lengthy commutes, they can be flexible in how they work their day, you know, kids come home early, they can be there for them, whatever. But also like a lot of the people that contact me and interact with me about why they're doing this tell me that it's actually made them more productive. It's also allowed them to hire people more easily because they're not just trying to hire people who can commute to their locations they hire from wherever in the world they want like a company that may have only ever hired within hundred miles of their headquarters whether that headquarters is in north dakota or san francisco now can hire somebody in alaska or hawaii or florida or uh, sao paulo or london and get the best talent they can so in this podcast, I just want to go over how how that dynamic affects IT and network operations professionals and network infrastructure professionals. You know, first, in the previous episode of this podcast, I talked about my 2024 predictions, where I talked about how hybrid workers who have n- new working styles from working from home are bringing those working styles into the office now and forcing change in your networks. And I talked about how you know people are relying on a lot more of video conferencing and real-time collaboration applications and desktop sharing applications, and they bring that habit into the office, which means that your corporate networks are being hit hard by, from a bandwidth perspective. So a lot of people are finding they need to upgrade their their LAN switching and Wi-Fi, and also their WAN- their wide area networking circuits. As a result, also the, uh, hybrid workers tend to be more rem- mobile in corporate offices now. You know, on those days when they do come to the office, as opposed to work from home, they're no longer tethered to their desks because the time they spend in the office is much more face-to-face oriented. Like we're going to collaborate with our uh, coworkers while we're there because you know we're face-to-face. So let's meet in the conference room, or let's have lunch and like bring our laptops, or hey, I'm bumping into you on these stairs. Let's sit down on these stairs with their laptops and do and just hash this out because it's taking us too long to do it offline. So that's changing how you uh, you know build out your Wi-Fi networks. You got to think cha- differently about coverage and access point density. But let's turn our attention for the rest of this podcast to the home office and how you know the the edge of the corporate network is now somebody's house or apartment or a coffee shop and how the network team needs to respond to that. First off, during the pandemic, I talked to lots of network operations professionals who told us That they were being pulled into support calls, like tier one support calls, like never before. Knock engineers were saying, like, they were being asked to answer this one big question over and over and over again Is the problem that this person complaining about related to their internet service provider or the Wi Fi access point or router in their home? Both of which I have no control over as a network operations professional. One mid career network engineer told me that she felt like she had traveled back in time to, like, the beginning of her career as an IT pro you know taking tier one support calls over and over again because all these it, she was in the, working in the hospital sector and she was telling me like all these doctors were trying to do telehealth appointments from their their homes and nothing was working and she was just constantly putting out fires so with that in mind like given the fact that these people are working from home permanently a lot of them millions hundreds of millions, what does the NetOps team have to do, do to address that from a tooling perspective? Now, from the beginning, a lot of what I heard was, well, we took our, our network monitoring tool that traditionally monitors like our data center network, and we pointed it at the VPN concentrators. So now we're okay you know um i know whether or not my vpn concentrator is peaking in terms of you know the number of sessions it can handle whether it's becoming a choke point and all the users that are coming in to access our applications and data and i can know if that's a problem hey that's good you know that's a start but let's talk about the fact that the that's just one hop on the network and there are lots of other things that can affect an end user experience when, you know, as we start, said at the beginning, like a lot of these guys are trying to answer the question, is it the ISP or is it the Wi-Fi access point that's causing this person to open a ticket? Monitoring a VPN concentrator is not going to help you answer that question. So the next tool in the toolbox that a lot of people started using was remote desktop access, which is tried and true. I am going to remote into this end user's laptop or uh, desktop, and I'm going to troubleshoot the issue through the internet or through the network to their home, which may or may not work if that person's ISP is a mess or their Wi-Fi access point's a mess. So that's a good troubleshooting tool, but is it really going to help you solve problems at scale? If you're getting hundreds of tickets from remote call center agents who are having trouble with like a unified communications as a service, application that they use to interact with your customers. Are you going to be remoting into every one of their devices one by one to solve the issue? Because in my experience when I have done a help desk ticket and it's led to a remote desktop access session, those tier 1 support guys that help me out with my problem will either be will will be in my computer with me awkwardly talking to each other as he's clicking away at trying to figure out what's wrong on my computer from anywhere anywhere from twenty minutes to like two hours. Okay. So no, that's not gonna that's you know, that's a try and choose troubleshooting issue, but let's talk about operational monitoring. What are network operations teams doing to get visibility into the home office? Well, I just happened to ask that question when I surveyed hundreds of people who are dealing with this issue a few months back. And yes, remote desktop access, huge. Huge, a lot of them are using that, and a lot of them are using like an SMP based monitoring tool to monitor the VPN concentrators. But then another huge piece of the puzzle is endpoint monitoring tools. So, some sort of tool that deploys an, an agent on the endpoints of your end users and is looking at things like processes on the machine, transactions with applications, and things like that to understand. The state of of the end user device, and then they can look at reporting across hundreds or thousands of those agents to see spikes and things, and and understand more from the end user perspective of what's happening. Another thing that people are increasingly using synthetic network monitoring tools, which shows what's happening from a like hop by hop or end to end journey from the end user to the destination and you know using like synthetic network traffic being able to sort of observe what's what the conditions of the network are without having to rely on telemetry like network flows or SNMP MIBs and traps or raw packet data to, you know, it's it's an active monitoring process as opposed to a passive monitoring process. And then it'll involve agents deployed on those client devices or maybe monitoring agents deployed as points of presence across the internet managed by a monitoring vendor. It just gives you a sense of how the internet and the end user's home office is impacting the uh, user experience, whether they're accessing an application in your data center, in the public cloud, or maybe a software as a service app. You know, a lot of people also deploy those probes in their corporate sites to get better visibility in a network experience on premise as well. More and more vendors are offering this active monitoring capability. Like every six months, I see at least one or two vendors that is start doing uh, synthetic mon- network monitoring in some way. Pivoting away from the tooling issue, let's talk about connectivity. Because we we talked about VPN concentrators briefly, VPN is is a legacy technology for remote access, uh, secure remote access with secure and quotation marks based on the evolution of security threats these days. VPN is still the probably the most popular tool used to give people working from home a secure network connection into the corporate digital infrastructure. But it's recognized as something that's kind of last generation at this point. Like Most of the people I survey and talk to are using it, but they're also looking to start using something else for a variety of reasons. One being they want more security, one being they want better experience. Wanting more security has something to do with the fact that if someone steals an end user's VPN credentials, the granularity of authentication that a VPN platform offers is just not robust enough to detect that issue. You would have to have sophisticated security monitoring tools in place to detect whether someone is using stolen VPN credentials. It's better to have a, a remote access solution can actually detect that on its own by having a more granular Authentication and access control engine in place. People, you know, we, people talk about zero trust a lot these days. People want to have a least privileged access capability for their remote users, like being able to ask questions in policy frameworks, such as "Where are you right now? Are you on the device you usually use? Are you accessing things you don't usually touch? Because that's conf- that's suspicious. If, if and that's why we're seeing people starting to adopt zero trust network access which is increasingly becoming a VPN replacement especially for people that have a lot more remote users than they used to it it replaces VPN with a cloud scale technology with a zero trust engine uh, around it and that empowers that least privilege access and our research shows that network security and end user support teams are looking at this as their next Solution for for their their hybrid and remote workforce. Uh, a lot of them are often integrated into a secure access service edge solution, which is an architecture for combining software defined wide air network technology with with secure service edge or cloud delivered security capabilities. And so that's increasingly the way they get that. Some are also you know, speaking of software defined WAN. A lot of a lot of people I talk to have deployed in limited amounts software defined WAN gateways, like actual hardware, into their important end users' uh, homes. Like I. Talk Talked to one, one person at a major uh, film studio that had end users working from home who were. Editing movies (laughs) at home, and then they had to send those files to the cloud, and it took them 14 or 15 hours to upload the file. So they'd have to do it overnight and hope it was done by the time they got up the next morning for work. And so he started deploying SD-WAN gateways to those particular employees' homes, hoping to speed things up a little bit while also maintaining secure access. You know, he was hoping that those SD-WAN appliances could, which are typically offering some uh, acceleration capabilities and, and, and Remediation and optimization capabilities around connectivity and performance into those homes. Uh, for him, cost was not a factor because you know he was trying to get the next like summer mega movie out on time. But some other companies might find that a little steep. So software-based solutions through like uh, zero trust network access is more preferred. Finally, one last thing about this whole hybrid work thing and how it might affect you is. I want to, uh, edge cloud architecture is coming into play. Applications, they need to be more distributed and closer to the edge because your network edge is more distributed and more remote than ever. I mentioned this at the top, but think about it like a company in Minnesota always hired people who could commute to its offices in St. Paul and Minneapolis or whatever, right? And then because of that, its applications were in a data center in Minnesota and perhaps it deployed some, um, if it was going in the cloud, it would deploy to the nearest cloud region, perhaps Chicago, right? So, okay, we got our cloud apps in Chicago, our data centers in Minnesota, we have a direct connection between them. And so everyone goes through our data center in Minnesota, to get the cloud app, and we're in all good, right? And then over the last few years, with uh, remote and hybrid work becoming mainstream and more or less permanent, that company maybe started hiring people who live in Maine and California and Florida. because they no longer needed to focus on commuting distance when making hired, hiring decisions. They could hire from a bigger labor pool and get the best possible person for the job. But now their network starts underperforming because those remote workers are experience a lot of latency, especially if you're relying on, for instance, they have to go into your Minnesota data center to get to the cloud applications, right? So like you got this guy in Maine, he wants to connect to an application that's in a cloud in Chicago. He has to go to Minneapolis first for the security check of his traffic, the secure web gate breakout or, or, or you know, cloud application security capability. And then he gets forwarded back towards Chicago, which is closer to him than Minnesota. It's adding latency. There may be even more extreme examples of that, that sort of hairpin turn there. So the network is... You know, all these all these people you hired because they're superstars, no matter where they are, are now having a really bad user experience. And you need to decentralize the network and security. So that means you need to deploy your applications to more locations, closer to more of your users, and also security, too. So you might want to de- deploy those applications in New York and San Francisco and Miami and Portland, Maine. Maybe not Portland, Maine, probably Boston. Uh, and those might be new cloud regions or new cloud providers or co-location data centers or edge cloud startups, you know, startups that are offering like edge cloud services uh, of some kind so that those applications are maximized for performance and also the security uh, on top of those applications are not inhibiting the experience. We saw the majority of companies who are seeing a permanent rise in remote work are aware of this issue and are trying to adjust their overall digital infrastructure to address it you know through the use of something that is you know edge oriented getting applications closer to that remote user edge so that those remote users are productive and also still secure so that's what i'm seeing in my research chances are hybrid and remote work has affected you in some way over the last few years and if i didn't describe it today i want to hear from you if that's you know if that's the case you want to come on here and tell me why I'm wrong, or you want to tell me about something I forgot or something that unexpected happened, or you want to talk about something else about network operations, please reach out to me. You can email me at shamus, S-H-A-M as in Mary, U-S, at E-M-A-U-S-A dot com, or you can tweet at me at Seamus E-M-A on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it these days and tell me how you're dealing with this new work, working paradigm. So that's me, Seamus McGillicuddy, signing off. Until next time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Seamus, for all your great insights on today's topic. And thank you to everyone who listened. Learn more about Enterprise Management Associates Research and Consulting Services by visiting enterprisemanagement.com.